0: It was not a great weekend to be a Chicago sports fan, but the Cubbies did salvage a ball game on Sunday. We talk about it all on a packed episode of Locked On Cubs next. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform. And you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things cubs. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Down the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute Tickets lowest price gear run happy Monday to all of you. Hopefully you had a better weekend than our beloved sports franchises. Assuming the majority of you listening are Cubs and Bears fans. Um, I will get in a couple Bears digs because I can't help myself. Before this show, I thought, let's just run another wide receiver screen. Why don't we give that a try? You know, Maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll crack the code and get everybody's Monday going. But in all seriousness, uh, I want to thank everybody. Before we get into the show, uh, we soared over 6,000 subscribers on YouTube over the weekend, and and it keeps happening faster and faster, and that's a testament to um, our loyal and awesome audience. So Matt and I thank you very much. Matt will be back uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday every week uh, until the season ends, in case you were wondering about that. A lot to get to on today's Monday show. Cubs D-backs, we're going to recap every game, talk about the stretch, talk about the playoffs. It was a a rough weekend, uh, a very important win on Sunday. Let's start with Friday first. It was Zach Gallen versus Jamison Tyone, a game heading into it you didn't feel great about, which is why Thursday night's loss was kind of annoying. Uh, and Jamison Tyone shoved. He was awesome. Six shutout innings. The game was really tight late. The Cubs, I actually thought, put some okay swings together early in the game against Zach Gallen, and then he settled in and just dominated, and it came down to like an inch. Uh, Seiya Suzuki looked like he made a great catch. He trapped it, 1-0 final, D-backs win, really tough game. Saturday was the game that shifted my weekend. I was still in good spirits. I knew Steele was going to go out and pitch really well. I thought the offense was going to break out against Kelly. They were close, but they couldn't do it. Uh, there was some bad luck involved, some bad umpiring involved, some some bad base running involved. and you mix all of it together, and it was yet another very difficult one run loss that that set the Cubs up for, a, a really important game on Sunday because despite what some other people were telling me, you can't lose four straight games at home to a team chasing you um, in a playoff race. doesn't matter where you're at in the standings. You just have to find a way to get that done. And they were able to Kyle Hendricks was good. Dansby Swanson got off the schneid, had a breakout game, hit a Homer Bellinger, Homer Morrell homered, and the bullpen was able to shut down the win. And the Cubs find themselves in kind of an exhale mode, as they head to Colorado for Monday's game, really the game that really sticks with you is Saturday. And we'll talk about that in detail, but I do want to start out on somewhat of a positive note. And the positive note is this 14 game stretch against contending teams that you're either chasing like Milwaukee or that are behind you like San Fran, Cincy and Arizona, we said, Matt and I said heading into this stretch, the goal, you, 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 you want to get to eight and six. And they did. They won two out of three against Milwaukee. They split against Cincinnati. They swept the Giants. And then they lost uh two out of uh, three out of four against Arizona. So overall, they did their job. Now, in hindsight, being three games back behind Milwaukee, would you would you trade one of those Milwaukee wins for another win against Arizona? Sure, maybe so. And it is fair to look at that eight and six and say, yeah, they did their job, but you know, they lost so many tough ones. Four of their six losses during that 14-game stretch were by one run. You had the walk-off against Cincinnati, then the other walk-off against Cincinnati, and then the Friday and Saturday heartbreakers against Arizona. So I do understand the perspective of that whole missed opportunity feeling. But I, I encourage you to keep reminding yourself where this team was in June. And, and 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 they have won a lot more close games lately. So, you know, I don't want to beat them up too much about it. The, the one thing I, I do want to address that I did not like the rhetoric that was coming out after Saturday's game is, and this is a pet peeve of mine in sports in general, and that is the word choke or collapse because I think in, in, in the social media era where a lot of things are overused and overblown because of how quick of access we have to things, I, I think that word it, or that phrase is, is overused. The definition of, of choking a game or choking a season is like when last year when the Chargers were up like 27 nothing against Jacksonville in the playoffs and lost, that's a choke. The Cubs losing three straight games to Arizona when the offense – you know, quiets down a little bit. That's not a joke. That, that, that's, that, that's nothing even close to that. It's baseball being baseball. Remember, they had three straight games against Milwaukee at home where their offense didn't do much either against good pitching. They just did a little bit more where they won those close games. And then they had back-to-back games in Cincinnati where their offense didn't do much and they walked off. Like, their offense is very streaky. I think we know that. And they're going to have ups and downs. And that's what's probably going to make it very hard for them to make a consistent playoff run because you can't go, you know, three games of going silent in the postseason and you find yourself on your way home. But that doesn't mean they're choking. These guys have played way too many big games, most of them in their careers, but even just this year, they won eight games in a row to to get their, their president of baseball operations out-of-cell mode. This isn't a team that's going to choke. This isn't a team that's going to, to fade away because of the pressure or because of the nerves. They're not built that way. They're not built that way. They got quiet for sure, and when you start to get quiet, you start to press a little bit, and that happens, but that doesn't mean they're choking. It's very explainable why they're struggling a little bit right now on offense. Before Sunday's game, Dansby Swanson was hitting 187 since August 1st. Jamer Candelario, since his first week as a Cub, has been about a 75 WRC-plus hitter, right? Nick Madrigal, who has become a necessity in the lineup every day because he is by far their best defensive player at third base, is starting to hit the ball weekly again. Lots of pop-ups. Lots of ground balls. Mike Talkman has been nowhere near he as good as he was um, in July and the early part of August. He's kind of in between right now. He's still taking his walks at an incredible rate, but he's not driving the ball and lifting the team like he was with his clutch performances. The only guys that have really consistently hit since, I don't know, September 1st have been Bellinger and Suzuki with a little bit of probably Nico mixed in there. Um, you know, Jan's been up and down Morrell hasn't played as much. So that's why they're struggling. They're struggling because they have a lot of guys that are struggling. The good news is and I'm not going to have a chance really to preview it too much on Mondays on today's episode, but they go to chorus field next. And when you're struggling or you are in a position where, you know, you need to get the bats going, there's no better medicine than to go play at Coors Field. So hopefully they can put up a couple huge 8, 9, 10 run games and, and, and get there. And that's not going to be easy because it's going to be hard to pitch there, but hopefully they'll get their offense going and, uh, and, and get some confidence back. But I don't really think there's anything to analyze from this series any deeper than Tyone was fantastic, Steele was fantastic, Hendricks was pretty good. Um, The bullpen, for the most part, besides Palencia, was good. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the bullpen in depth when I talk about Marcus Stroman later. So I'll save that because I got some Alzolide things I want to point out. Um, David Ross was fine. You know, if you want to nitpick on the batting order, you could do that every game, win or loss. But they didn't win or lose, but they didn't lose any of those games because of David Ross. They lost because nobody hit, And, and and they did have some bad luck involved. I mean, the whole. Jan Gomes hits a line drive to left center right off the top of the wall on Saturday, then gets thrown out at second. Yes. He probably shouldn't have ran, but, and then of course the next pitch, magical lines in the right field corner. And then you have that fluky hit by pitch and you go to Palencia. I think the only thing that you can nitpick at Ross is, you know, Palencia in that spot. He's just so wild and volatile that if it just goes awry, like it did, it's the ball game, but, and even in the bottom of the tenth inning, Ian Happ hit a ball on Saturday that looked like it was ticketed uh, for the Ivy, and, and Guriel made a great play. It was just—it was one of those weekends that didn't go your way, but you found a way to get one. You found a way to put yourself in a, 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 a still an acceptable position. If if the Cubs lost on Sunday, I absolutely would be having a different tone to this podcast. There's no question about it. But they didn't, and they still have enough breathing room to where you know. You feel okay about things and we're going to talk about the breathing room and we're going to talk about the the playoff picture coming up next but first this episode is brought to you by game time buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download game time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed the cubs go to chorus field and play the rockies at 7 40 p.m on friday and you could listen to every pitch with the cubs hometown broadcast on sirius xm on the sxm app search cubs or tune into channel 844 and catch the cubs all season long on sirius xm we are back here on locked on cubs after a Hectic weekend where the Cubs lost three out of four against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And where does this leave them in the playoff picture? Well, Sunday's win was very big because it gave you a little bit of breathing room. And I think it's very important to start discussing playoff implications because I want people to understand where the cubs sit and why certain things are important. So so first I'll say this. The Cubs right now are 3 games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers lost on Sunday. That is still you're still within striking distance. I'm not optimistic, but you're still within striking distance. I mean at the end of the day if you go into the final series of the year within 3 games of the Brewers, you do control your own destiny. If you were to win all 3, you'd you'd beat them and and then you'd have the tiebreaker with them and you'd win the division remember this season there's no game 163 the tiebreak is head to head record which leads me to the wild card standings the cubs currently now sit 2 games above the diamondbacks the cubs are in the second wild card spot i believe they're two back of philly and then two ahead of Arizona. And then just for a playoff spot in general, the Cubs are two and a half up on the Marlins and three and a half up on the Cincinnati reds. The reason why that's a little bit more precarious, then it sounds is the Cubs do not have the tiebreaker with the diamondbacks. They do not have the tiebreaker with the Marlins and they do not have the tiebreaker with the reds. They do hold it with the San Francisco giants. Now, technically they could get the tiebreaker with the diamondbacks if they sweep the diamondbacks next weekend, but that won't matter because if they sweep the diamondbacks, they're not going to need the tiebreaker anyway, that'll be curtains. So that's why I didn't really, I've kind of already given Arizona the tiebreak on that. So, what does this all mean? I still think the Cubs are in a very good position. I still think it is very likely that they make the postseason and I I am scoreboard watching and was a little bit annoyed that the Marlins were able to beat the Phillies because I'm just I, I don't really care about that first wild card spot. The only thing I care about is moving up in the division and winning the division. If you can't do that, I probably if, if I could pick the lot, I'd rather have the third wild card spot. And and just avoid Philly altogether. And then if you win, avoid Atlanta altogether. Um, and that would get you, you. You'd be able to do that by winning the division as well. I think the Cubs just need to continue to focus on winning and controlling their own destiny. They have three games coming up against the Colorado Rockies. Then they have three games against Arizona. And then they come home, they play Pittsburgh, they play Colorado. That's the meat of their schedule. You'd like to pretty much just, you know, maybe only lose one of those games. And then it wraps up with a tricky road trip on paper at Arizona, at Milwaukee. But again, not to look too far ahead, you just don't know... What or I think I said at Arizona, at Atlanta and at Milwaukee. I, I apologize. You don't know where Atlanta is going to be. You don't know if, if Milwaukee has to play those games seriously the last weekend of the year. That means you've done your job and you've pressed on them. So I I, I think the Cubs are still in a, in, in a very good place. Um, one more win this weekend, and it, and it would have been. The same mood that we've been having the last week, we're pretty much starting to talk about pitching and talking about matchups and things like that. But no, they're not there yet. They did take a step back and they are still in a little bit of a dogfight for the postseason, but I still think it looks very positive overall. You know, the the, the perspective that you use when you're watching this team, it's it's very tricky because, you know, I try and remind myself every game, that in the middle of June, I I was out on this team, you know, and I was very out on this team and very frustrated. Now in my defense, one of the reasons I was out on this team and very frustrated is because I knew they were so much better than that, what they were putting out, but 26 and 36 is still 26 and 36. And I remember the feeling when they lost the, the, the opener of the national series in the second half, I had that same type of defeated feeling. And then they rattled off, you know, all those wins in a row and, and changed their season. And, you know, it's, it's now September 11th when you're listening to this and they're still very much in the playoff race, but then there's the other perspective of I'm a competitor and we're competitors and, you know, you know, there are no moral victories and, and you want to go as far as you can go. And with the way this team is pitching right now, Steele, Hendricks, Wicks, Assad, and then Tyone just had his best start of the year. You 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 do start to think that this, they, they could do something special with the right matchup and you want to see how far they can go. I, I, I will say the the order that I just said it, I think I said it steel and Hendricks are my, are my top two right now. I know that people probably disagree with that and we'll say, how can you not have Assad in there? I'm very concerned. We'll see how Assad go, does in chorus. You know, Wick still has some learning to do and, and, you know, that that series is is tough for people that rely on pitch to contact. So we'll see if they can miss some bats. But I just think you look at the peripherals and look at everything. Kyle Hendricks still to me just looks like Kyle Hendricks. And I really trust when he's out there, especially against a team that that doesn't know him very well. And, you know, I, I think the Cubs have have some really good starting options. The, the bullpen is a little bit of a different story. There's a lot of fatigue. There's a lot of concern and. There was an announcement this weekend that was a pretty big announcement that actually I think Matt broke on our Lockdown Cubs Twitter account. And we're going to talk about that next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections, and lasting memories. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for for up to eight-pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Use promo code LOCKED ON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. We are back here on Locked On Cubs. Just talking about Sleeper, by the way. It's so crazy to me that Cody Bellinger is going to get to 100 RBIs this season, and he missed a full month. Uh, Since the All-Star break, he is leading the major leagues in RBIs, and it's not particularly close. Uh, His run producing for this team has been absolutely just, you know, indescribable um and and he is firmly you know along with justin Steele, the mvp of this ball club but the early season mvp for this team was a starting pitcher by the name of marcus stroman and he hit a wall and he started to struggle mightily and then he got injured and then he got injured again while he was ramping up to come back and there's been a lot of rumors about if he's going to come back and can he get ramped up and it was reported from a lot of people this weekend and, and one of them being our Matt cozy that Marcus Stroman is not going to be able to ramp up in time to really help the team from a starting pitching perspective, but the Cubs, the Cubs are looking to use him in the bullpen. And I find this quite fascinating uh, and exciting because right now, and I knock on wood as the Cubs head to chorus field. And you shouldn't say this before that happens, but right now I, I feel pretty comfortable with the Cubs starting staff. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm a little bit concerned when Tyone pitches. Of course, I, I close my eyes just a tad when Assad pitches because the analytics tell me that, and the peripheral numbers tell me that he's going to start coming back to earth a little bit. But I feel great when Steele pitches. I feel good when Hendricks pitches, and I'm very excited when Wicks throws. I'm concerned about the bullpen and Adbert Alisali who apparently according to Jim Deshays in the Cubs booth was battling a little bit of a forearm issue this week. I personally think it was more fatigue and the Cubs wanted to get him rest, but he made his first appearance on Saturday and he did not look sharp at all. He got a scoreless inning, but he just doesn't have the same zip. His pitches aren't breaking the way they do. His sliders flat, his fastballs not not doesn't have the same velo, it doesn't have the same bite and I'm concerned about him. Mark Leiter Jr. had a better weekend, but there's some concern there as well. Merriweather is really the only guy that's been steady for a while, and then Michael Fulmer's hurt, and Brad Boxberger's back. But having a guy like Marcus Stroman come out of the pen gives you a lot of options. Number one you could have him come back as a long reliever. Let's say it's a playoff type game or atmosphere. And you know, you decide in the game three, you're going to give wicks a chance and it just doesn't pan out. It's two to two in the second. And he's walked a couple guys and just doesn't have it. And then you get the luxury of just going to Marcus Stroman, you know, after starting a lefty and just going sinker ball, sinker ball. And he's the type of guy where if he's rolling, you just roll with him until he doesn't roll anymore. That's a very good luxury. And I, I I'm not familiar with Marcus Stroman's history out of the bullpen, but he does seem to have, I I know he's a big routine based guy, but he does seem to have that adrenaline and that personality where he could flourish off of that. And, you know, a guy like Marcus Stroman that, his 92 93 mile an hour sinker if that turns into 94 95 out of the pen with a little bit more bite in his command he could be a real problem out of there for teams and I think it gives Ross and, and, and the bullpen a lot of much needed flexibility and you know even worst case if you don't want to use him as a one inning guy it still gives you insurance if Tyone or Assad or Wicks or somebody or Hendricks even has a blow up start you could use him it's it gives him options. and and it, and if he could do that and be ready and come back to Wrigley next week uh, out of the bullpen, I just think it would give this team a a huge lift. And you know, right now, when you're going through the dog days like they are and you're in a pennant race, you're just always looking for that spark and that lift that you can get that'll really, you know, just just buy you a couple wins because right now that that's all it takes. So, Cubs head to Coors Field Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I believe the Cubs' probables will be, uh, I think it's Assad, Wicks, and uh, I think it's maybe Wicks, Assad, and then Tyone uh, against the Rockies, who are playing, as I record right now, on Sunday night baseball. Uh, the Rockies are not a good team at all, but playing Coors Field's tricky. Whenever you play at a ballpark like that, you never feel safe. You never feel out of a game. Uh, th- this should be a good series for the Cubs offense to really get going. Long balls, extra base hits, singles. It's a great park for Nick Madrigal. Um, maybe Dansby found something and he'll get red hot. You know I, I, you know me on this show, I always say it, it's hard to sweep teams. So I'll take two out of three. Then you go to Arizona again. If you come back three and three on this road trip, not the end of the world. You're still probably in a good spot. Four and two would absolutely be fantastic i hope everybody has is having a great monday i hope monday night we come to you with a victory i think most of our weeknight shows during this pennant race we're going to make an effort to go live matt will be back uh for tomorrow's show and uh just enjoy it guys i know i know it's tough right now tough three out of four loss i i was down on saturday too and you know i got myself up i had some cookies i had some uh you know some sweets and just bounce back on Sunday, and then watched uh, the Cubs win before I before I watched an atrocity on the lakefront when the Bears got beat. I, I I just have to just take thirty seconds to talk about poor coaching, poor preparation, no line play, lost in the trenches. Don't know what was happening. Doesn't matter if it's Rogers, Favre, Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi. Doesn't matter who's there. The Bears just keep getting beat by the Packers, and that's irritating. But our Cubbies are in the hunt, and right now. That's all that matters. Shout out to the Everydayers with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you can become an Everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We are also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast and streaming on Sirius XM. I am Sam Olber, and this has been a Monday edition of Locked On Cubs. Go, Cubbies.